Welcome, gentlemen, to day four. We're starting unit two on uh, the topic of reason. And what we finished up with yesterday and, you know, or last week, if that was you, um, was the, the idea that beauty is something we encounter. Um, as we encounter a, a certain amount of beauty, it might lead to this sense of awe and wonder. Uh, the awesomeness and the smallness and, and the feeling connected to uh, something more. And if you're experiencing that awesomeness, and it, it will naturally lead to a sense of uh, wonderment and uh, it will draw us out into uh, asking bigger questions. And so what we have here is a natural transition that beauty leads to awe, leads to wonder, and leads to a desire for more truth, for more answers. And I kind of left it alone last uh, week, but I'd like to talk about it a little bit more this week with uh, the idea of truth and, and what is truth. And so for this, uh, I'm going to be lecturing from the Unit 2 class notes and just kind of summing up some of uh, what the major points are that I want to get across. I'll try to make this quick. Um, this is going to be the first lecture of a couple that take us through uh the big ideas. So when we talk about truth, there is true, true, and what you think is true or what you perceive to be true. Um, this true, true is called objective truth. Objective truth is what is true, whether or not the truth is perceived. For, so for example, um, SLU is a school. Uh, this school exists. And it has existed since before you were born, since before you perceived it to be true. Um, if you live in Alaska and you've never heard of the school, that doesn't mean it's not real. It just means that you don't know about it. And so subjectively, you might not be aware of it. Okay. Um, it is possible, however, for people to perceive the truth incorrectly. Um, and for that, uh, sometimes that's their subjective truth. Sometimes truth is perceived correctly. So... I perceive that SLU is a school that does exist. So for me, the, the truth that SLU exists is subjectively true. I perceive it to be true, and it's objectively true. In other words, I can verify that SLU does, in fact, exist. Okay? Uh, the root of this uh, phraseology has to do a lot with, if you go back to even just analogizing the English language, uh, subjective truth are, is rooted in the personal. It's rooted in the I. What do I think? Okay. Objective truth in a sentence is usually the, the object is the, uh, the thing being directed at in a sentence. And so when we say that something is objectively true, it means that it does not depend on the subject in order for it to be really real. Okay. Um, this is going to be a really, really important distinction. And in fact, it's something that's argued over in our society especially the last five years or so. Um, there is an ad that I've linked to on the day four outline called uh, This is an Apple by CNN. And I'd like you to take a look at that and uh, after this lecture uh, to listen to the ad, analyze what do you think it's claiming, and how does that relate to the concept of objective truth. And then I also want you to discuss with some friends in a breakout group where in your society have you seen a debate over what is objectively true? And can you think of any examples where people say that subjective truth is more important than objective truth? 
this is a really, uh, it, these are t the tamest ways I can put this question, but if you come up with uh, the real examples, and there are plenty of them, uh, we could have a really fascinating debate in the second half of class uh, about this. The reason all this is important is because the field of study that we're going to be emphasizing for the next month or so is philosophy. Philosophy is an old Greek word, uh, literally translate to filio, love, brotherly love. Sophism, sophie, is uh, wisdom. And so philosophy means love of wisdom. And it's essentially the study of truth. How do we know what's true? And there are tons of areas of philosophy. You've got uh, epistemology, which I'll come back to later on. You've got ethical philosophy. Uh, epistemology is the study of how do you know what you know. Ethical philosophy is uh, the study of, you know, how should we behave morally? Uh, political philosophy, the, what's the best way to govern people? Uh, economic philosophy, how do we use money? And uh, the first topic I really want to dive in on today is called metaphysics. And this is the study of reality. Um, in the Avengers, there were six... Uh, what do you call them? Stones, infinity stones. And we had, there was what? Time and the soul stone and the mind stone and the power stone and uh, space stone, the reality stone. I think I've named them all. The reality stone, it was really kind of underplayed, I think. But this idea of reality as being one of six forces, I don't necessarily think that that's properly formatted. It's a big ticket idea, but in the comics, I don't think it's really used correctly. The idea of metaphysics is what is really real? And reality is things that exist. In other words, to say that something is real is to say that the existence of that thing is true, objectively true. Whether or not we perceive it, whether or not it's anybody's ever known about it. Now, obviously, anything we know, uh, is because we are the ones that know it, is subjectively true. The question we have to ask ourselves is, are the things that we think true, are true, are the things that we think are true, are they actually true? Okay, and that's the, that's the work of epistemology will be trying to figure out if what we think is true is really true and how can we justify our belief in those things. But on the flip side, you have to be able to claim that these things uh, that you believe in are actually true. So, for example, there are different types of realities proposed. There's not much controversy in today's philosophical debates about material reality. This is physical reality. In this unit. When I talk about material or materialism, I'm not talking about uh, people who are greedy and consumers. Uh, materialism is actually a belief that only the material universe is real. We're talking about physical stuff. We're talking about space. We're talking about matter. And we're talking about time. Now, time maybe doesn't seem physical, but we're going to find out later on that space and time are intrinsically connected and you can't really separate the two. So, Yes, space, matter, and time. Uh, in other words, the universe is material reality. And I don't believe that there is any 
dispute over whether or not a universe exists, uh, a physical reality. If there is a debate over that, please, please, please let me know so that we can uh, handle this issue. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to assume that this is a non-controversial proposal. A little more controversial is called abstract reality. This is non-physical reality, okay? So some of the things that are non-physical things that most of us believe to be really real include minds. I have a mind. In fact, my mind is the thing that is thinking, and my mind is the thing that is telling me what to say right now. It is my mind and not uh, which uh, it is not just my uh, physical brain and body, but my mind is actually non-physical reality that resides in my physical body. That is the essence of who I am. That is a little more controversial, but definitely a thing that most of us assume to be true. Uh, numbers are non-physical realities, and uh, usually, especially at SLU, I don't see a lot of people debating whether or not numbers are really real, but it does happen. Another thing that's uh, debated is whether or not certain concepts are uh, realities or just categorizations that are kind of useful fictions. For example, if we talk about somebody being powerful or if we talk about somebody being intelligent, uh, is intelligence a real thing or is that just kind of a way that we describe people who know more than other people? Um, personally, I believe in all of these types of realities. And then finally, we talked about last week, transcendent realities. Uh, these are realities that exist beyond space and time that are not just non-physical, but uh, are, are the, I guess, the capstones that we need to be able to uh, refer to. And these are things that pop up in God conversations. And so if you haven't yet figured out that beauty, truth, and goodness are things that we're going to use to describe God as the ultimate bearer of like the, the best, most beautiful thing that there is, the most true thing that there is, and the most good thing that there is. Um, I, I don't think you'd be very good at spoiling many other things because uh, I don't think this is a really big secret what I'm about to do. Okay. Uh, so anyway, these are different types of realities that are proposed. And some of these are not controversial, like I said, and some of these are controversial. Um, and when I say controversial, I just mean within... Uh, academic fields. Most people function as though all three of these types of things are realities. And that's just the, the observed truth of it, um, that most people act as though these things are real. I personally have a metaphysical approach called realist. I am, uh, I'm a realist, and realism is the belief that the world we experience is generally perceived as it is. Okay, this isn't to say that uh, I believe in germ theory. I believe in the quantum realm and stuff like that. I'm not denying any of that. But what I'm saying is that within classical physics, within the world that I find myself in right now, this world is pretty trustworthy. The universe, you, me, everything we discover to be true in the universe is objectively real. And that is to say that these things were true about the universe, about existence before I figured them out or before anybody else figured them out. Okay. Uh, contrast that with, um, there's one definition that's not in this listing of notes, an anti-realist who believes that nothing is really true. There's only explanations that are useful. Um, 
the most famous anti-realist out there uh, was a guy named Stephen Hawking. And as famous as he was for being a cosmologist, some people might be surprised to learn that he was an anti-realist. I think he's a genius cosmologist, but a really horrible philosopher. Because if you're an anti-realist, then, and he did actually say this, um, for him, the Big Bang was the best explanation to the world around him. But he understood that some people thought that the story of creation in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, was the best explanation. And he believed, or at least he said he believed, that uh, both explanations were equally valid and that neither one was really right or wrong and it just worked for whatever person it worked for. Uh, but there was no real uh, truth to get to. And I just think that that's incorrect. Um, I, I think that that's kind of a cop-out and not really a very serious form of philosophy. But he had it. Okay, Skepticism is the thing that we're going to be uh, kind of dealing with uh, in the next day here. And this is the uh, belief that we uh, these people, skeptics, argue that we can't know with certainty that the external world exists. So again, back to universalism. Uh, usually, it's usually used to describe a general approach from a position of doubt. And this is where we get to Rene Descartes, okay? Uh, the Matrix. Uh, so, I don't know if anybody here has seen The Matrix. If you haven't, you really should. It's one of the best movies for Generation X, uh, which is my generation. And it, it is basically, it's a science fiction movie with a lot of kung fu, but it's based in the philosophy of Descartes. And Descartes was the first of the, what we'd call modern philosophers. So the classical philosophers that we studied, uh, even a couple last week, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, these are classical philosophers. And they're, they're talking about questions of metaphysics, talking about questions of reality. Later on, the Catholic Church turns out a couple saints. Uh, Saint Augustine was in the fourth century and he was a classical philosopher. And then uh, in the 14th century, St. Thomas Aquinas continued and maybe was considered the ultimate uh, capstone to classical philosophy. He took a lot of Aristotle's teachings and married them to the Catholic Church's faith. And so that was classical philosophy. But Rene Descartes comes along in the 18th, 17th, 18th century. And he, instead of emphasizing metaphysics, he's working on how do I know what I know? And I don't know if he had a magic trick blow his mind or what, but he starts to question not just uh, himself, but he starts to question everything. Um, how, you know, he realizes that his senses can be fooled sometimes. Maybe it's an optical illusion, maybe it's a magic trick, whatever it is, but he knows that sometimes his senses give him inaccurate information. And if that's possible, how does he know that any of the information he gets is accurate? And he, he uses that question to question all of reality, and to question even his own existence. And in doing so, as he's questioning, he's thinking and he's, and he's wondering and he's thinking some more and he realizes that in the course of his questioning and the course of his thinking, that the only thing he was certain that he was doing, that was going on was that uh, he was in fact thinking. And if he was thinking, well then there, there's a hidden statement in that statement that says, I am thinking. If you just drop the thinking, you can say, I am. 
So what Descartes realized is that by recognizing my own thinking, I am also recognizing my, my existence, me. And so he came up with the phrase, cognito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am. And so for him, the first truth of reality is that because he knows he's thinking, he knows he is. This is really important because when you look at the Christian faith um, and, and the very beginnings of uh, the relationship of God to his people, we trace this back to uh, the story of Moses and the burning bush. And Moses was not known as a great philosopher, but Moses does have this story in the book of Exodus where he approaches the burning bush and he's told to go free God's people. And he says, who shall I say sent me? And God says, I am that I am. I am who I am. Um, this is a what Descartes unearthed here is the deep, profound, philosophical, fundamental, rock-bottom truth of this statement that Moses records that God is a God that exists, that God is that he is. And this is the first truth. When we talk about what truths are in reality, for the Catholic, for the Christian, we believe that the very foundational bedrock truth of all existence is that God is. And that is God's defining characteristic. That is God's name. I am, in Hebrew, Yahweh. All right. When I come back next time, we'll talk about dualism and materialism a little bit. Dualism is just the belief that human beings have dual nature. Materialism is belief that only the material universe is real. We can pick back up with that later on. But for now, I want you to just kind of do the rest of the breakout stuff. I've given you a lot of information, and uh, we'll check back in later. Thanks.